He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Undisputed Podcast. That's D-Money, D-Scott. Yo. Below him is the educator of violence, Bobby yeah. Jack Fish. There you I go. Thought, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's, sure. that's way better than the, the X-Lax thing you used last week. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> X-Lax of vomit, I think. The man's got more moves than X-Lax. More yeah. vomit than X-Lax or something like that, Trevor. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I let the cat out of the bag. Who we got for NWA champion numerous times, a legend. Bobby, who we got? We got Trevor Murdoch. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Hello, sir. Honor and privilege. Thanks, boys. Sight for sore eyes, my friend. It's been a a long time. It has. It has. And we don't, we aren't, uh, I don't have a pair of chopsticks in my hands. No. No, no, like you said, man, the last time last time we saw each other was in Japan. Yes, I was sir. uh nervously wrestling Segura for the GHC heavyweight <laughs> title. Uh yeah. what a lot of people don't know about that is Bobby was my legit second, my emotional <laughs> second, my like you can do this second, like Bobby, yeah. I don't man. I was like your emotional support dog at the airport. You were, man, because you worked so hard for something like that, and then it just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I hope I can pull this off. And uh, you you were there for me all the way through, even to the point where you're out there in the ring. Like, all right, come on, dog. You got this. Come on, buddy. Get up. Let's go. Let's go. And, you know, the thing, too, what makes it even more impressive, Trevor, was like Sugiro was on quite the run. You know, I mean, he was one of the top performers in Japan at that time. Um, I, you know, comparisons will be whatever they'll be, but he was like, uh, he was like Japan's Kurt Angle. He was, you know? yeah, legit shooter, right? Yeah, like he, yeah. He went to the Olympics, I believe, at one point when he was I younger. I don't know what it was exactly, but the man was, uh, he was hard. He was a hard man. It was best to stay on his good side because if he wanted to lock you up at any moment, like it was like that, you know. He so let me going. know on my first tour <laughs> where <laughs> things stood. And uh, I wasn't picking up what he was putting down exactly. You know, I went to the back still kind of like, huh, well, yeah, I think it went all right. And Loki, <laughs> Loki uh, pulled me aside and iggied me like, hey, you know, uh, that was uh, – and probably want to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, we had nobody to like, there was nobody. There was, don't get me wrong, Vader and Scorpio were there. Um, but I, like, there was no real leader to tell us what to do and what not to do. We somehow right. had to police ourselves, which yeah. uh, made definitely uh, our time there a little harder. And I, I know while you were there, Bobby, you were fighting for every inch and every opportunity. You finally got it. Yeah. But they made you work your, your backside yeah. off for it. And that's what I think like my, um, I don't want to call it misunderstanding, but just what I thought wrestling was, especially over there and like ring of honor was coming up here. So that was to me, the ring of honor style was born from, 
the misinterpretation of Japanese wrestling by American indie guys. And that's yep. no knock on anyone. I just, that's what it was. I came up in it. I, I That's my theory. I go to Japan and, you know, they're, there's not a lot of daylight in those uh, strikes. And so I figured, okay, that's where I got to be. And then I made the mistake of thinking like, you know, country town, same thing. Like we do that every night. Right. <laughs> and that was my biggest mistake was, you know, it was a uh, red light fever for the boys, for the Japanese boys. You know, they, they, they went hard on the, uh, the big ones, country towns easy nights uh i didn't learn that until i was in uh, new japan which would mean that i was in japan for eight years before it dawned on me that you know <laughs> well it got shit. you where you it got you where you are today so I mean, yeah well can't disagree with the method in my defense it's not as if on the country town shows they weren't still lighting me the fuck up right <laughs> so either every night i was out there fighting I remember, uh, like my last tour of Japan, my first, my first loop, but the last night of the tour and, uh, was trading forearms with Akiyama and the whole tour Vader had been telling me, you know, these Japanese guys, they hit you, you hit them back just as hard, you know, Trevor, don't, you know, don't give them an inch. Right. And the whole tour I've been getting beat up, you know, so the sure. last night, you know, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to stand tall. I'm going to show Akiyama that I'm, a, right. I can, I can hang with you, bro. Yeah. And he comes, comes in and just smokes me with a forearm. <laughs> Man, knocked me off my balance. So I came back and I just, yeah, pow, you know, I mm -hmm. gave one right back. Yeah. Well, that second one obviously was a little bit harder to the point where like it knocked me off into the ropes. Well, yeah, I being a young boy, not, you know, not knowing where my steps were, I came off the ropes. And when I came in, instead of coming in, I came, came in this way. And that point caught Akiyama right here, uh, knocked his hands up in the air and he took the nesting plunge. And you know, <laughs> you screwed up when the whole Japanese crowd goes, <laughs> and I, I looked over at Bison and I go, what do I do? Pick him up. Pick him up. And uh, I picked him up and I got him in a chin lock and I'm just, you know, working it. But the whole time I'm rubbing his neck going, please, oh, God, man. please, please, God, <laughs> please, please, wake up, up. please, please wake up. And, and I feel his body starting to shake. And yeah. he's now starting to come to and realize what he's done and uh, what I had yeah. done. Yeah, and he just slowly gets up as he's shaking, spins, and gives me the deepest side suplex that he could. <laughs> I, I watch my knees shoot past my head and touch the mat. Of course. <laughs> he, oh, dropped me on my head, rolls out, and you can see on the tape, he goes and tells Sayanto something. And oh, I'm boy. sure it was something to the effect of kick his ass. <laughs> because <laughs> Sayanto come in and just started lighting me up right. chest to back with right. kicks, man. Wah, right. wah, wah. Yeah. And, uh, and just a little food for thought here, gentlemen. Saito's finish is called the sickle of death. Just yes. so you have an idea of who, who came in. Kicks are a little yeah. in there, if you know, as an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember at the end of the match, Akiyama came back to the locker room, cussed me in English so I could understand how right. mad he was at me. Because you know how sometimes Japanese yes. guys, they get mad and they yeah. go off in Japanese and you can't understand what yeah. they're saying he wanted to make it very clear how he yeah. felt about me and what he thought about me and for a man who doesn't speak a lot of english he knew a lot of english cuss words <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you know, profanity you gets do, the point of You was stiff, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, he was, I don't, sorry about that. I don't know about the language on this thing, but you he, gotta do. he cut a promo on oh, me, good. man. In, yeah. Oh, motherfucker, too fucking stiff. Fuck, motherfucker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. Guess who went to the dojo the next time he came back to Japan? <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I never did get a chance to to stay in the dojo nowhere. I mean, I've been to the New Japan dojo a couple times, um, but it was just like when we were there, you know, in between tours or whatever. Um, but I never got a chance to stay in the dojo. What well, I mean, was I, that like? It you know it for. You know, American wrestlers, we wrestle for a couple, three years. We think we're doing something. We get an opportunity to go to Japan and you become a young boy. You are broke down, back down yeah. to the bottom. So it's a very humbling experience because you're getting, you have to get drinks for all the other wrestlers in their locker room. You remember, you know, you'd see us running around putting newspaper up in the windows and stuff to cover up locker room windows. Um, I never had a... So, you know, there was never, I was never like hitched to any one person. Vader right. would, would tend to utilize me when he was in town. Uh, and that consisted of waking me up on days off to go to McDonald's for him, uh, picking yeah. up, you know, he would strip down, you know, he yeah. was have, going through some struggles himself. You know, I'm not sure. trying to bury anybody, you know what I mean? So he right. was having a tough, you know, tough spot, but. I also paid the price for some of it because, you know, he would yeah. strip down in the locker room and drop those two layers of singlets and then go into the shower and tell me to pack his bag. Yeah. And those, you know, bro, it, they're dripping it's with sweat. Sweat there. A little, little bit of perspiration. You know. Yeah. Um, but while I was there, it got me in the best shape of my life. Like it, it mm. got me in, what what I feel like the cardio shape that's continued my whole career. Sure. Um, you know, the 500 squats a day, the, yeah. the 100, 150 bumps a day, the 300 push-ups a day. Then, you know, you run, you know, three or four 20 and 30 minute matches. And we're talking with guys like Kenta, Marafuji, yeah. Morishima, Rikio. Yeah. Kobashi was coming in and training. Masala yeah. would pop his head in. He wouldn't come in and train with us, but he'd come right. in and He'd be on the bike, you know what I mean, and be watching. Yeah. So now you've got Masawa in here watching your match, and you're like, holy. It's like Harley, you know what I mean? That moment where you're like, oh, my of God. Like, yep. like, he's just watching me right now, like, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but by doing that, like, I gained a ton of respect and loyalty from the Japanese guys because I wasn't – granted, it took me a couple weeks to get caught up and to, to catch up because that first two weeks, bro – um, we lived in an apartment and it had two flights of stairs and mm -hmm. I'm doing 500 squats a day and um, it's taking me longer than everybody else. Mm -hmm. By the end of the day and now training, I'm literally like getting out of the van and giraffe walking to the steps right, and having to right. sit on the steps and push myself up to the next step, yeah. to the next step, to the next step. Um, yeah. But I wasn't going to let them beat me. You know what I mean? Right. I was a Harley guy. I was representing Harley. And you, yeah. know, you just push through You're it. Damn right. Yep. You yep. Know, who, I'm not going right. to be the guy that they're going to call back to Harley and go, "Oh, he quit." Right. There were other other wrestlers that Harley had sent yeah. <clears throat> that had literally called home to Harley, yes. crying, yes. wanting to come back. 
Yeah. And um, when Harley told you, you know who I'm talking about. You yeah. Know, yeah. You, you know, you know all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to bury anybody, but like our reputation no. was on the line. Yeah. You know, 100%. With the company. 100%. So, uh, I always took it that way once, uh, you know, because I didn't come from Harley. I came from upstate New York. But then once I started working for Noah, I was a Harley guy. So I represented Harley. And again, like I wasn't going to represent myself poorly, but I wasn't going to represent. I mean, it's Harley race. Right. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like talk about burying yourself. Yeah. Treat it as a God over there in the world. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, 100%. all those eyes were looking at me. Um, I was supposed to come home after the three months and, you know, Ken came up to me about two weeks before I was supposed to go home. And he was like, we really enjoy having you here. Do you think you'd like to come back for another three months? And you're thinking, man, my career, like I, this is a way to secure a spot for me right, in Japan right. forever. And right. I've never been the physically and like, I've never been the six pack abs guy. I've never been the jack. I've never been the, the body guy. So WWE was very, I knew that I didn't think it was there. There was an opportunity there. So I right, figured, right. When they were offering me another three months, I was yeah. like, yep, I'm your guy. Like, I'm here for the duration. I want to let you right. guys know that, you know, I want this. Yeah. That's Came love back. of the game right there. That rationale right there, Trevor, is love of the game. Well, I, man, like, I, I want, I wanted to wrestle so bad and I wanted to be, I wanted to be, I want to be over. I want to, mm. I want to have. You know, if, if I don't make a million dollars, okay, that's great. You know, or millions upon millions of dollars, that's great. But I would like when my time is over, somewhere in the history books, my name's popping up, and they're like, "I remember that guy. That guy, sure, he didn't even fuck around. Like he was, you know, what I mean, yeah. like I know pro wrestling, you know, but that guy, that, that mm-hmm. he, he beat your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, that realism. I you do. Know what I mean? I do. And I, I want, you know, I, I will speak. For myself in that way that like i i want my i want the respect of my my peers i want the yes. brothers to be like one to see their name across from mine on the list and be like oh all right this is going to be a good one and you know like that they want to work with me but then two like know that yeah it's a specific kind of style like we're gonna there's not gonna be a lot of daylight i'm not gonna try yep. to you know take uh liberties and you know but there's an understanding here. Um, didn't, you know, this isn't dance class and I, I, I'm not looking for that. We are, um, we are an anomaly with that thought process in the world mm. of pro wrestling, mm. uh, because you know, as well as I do most that idealism of pro wrestling is starting to fade away. Um, yeah. That kind of stuff. When I hear stuff like that, it makes me want to like just hard charge even more. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. all right, motherfuckers. You know what's it? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Valentine made the statement like I can't make people believe that pro wrestling is real, uh, yes. but I can make them believe that I'm real. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the mentality I have when I go into a match, when I walk yeah. through that curtain, when I walk down that ramp, when. I'm sucking wind 15 minutes in and a camera pans to you, you know what I mean? And you're like, sure. like you know, yeah, yeah. That's what drives me is that idealism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is one, 
fans experience at a time like that you create for them and that that's what i've seen now that i'm i'm working independently again and i'm doing smaller shows and like you know i really have been enjoying the like making it special for someone you know because you're you're there's that kind of intimate um moments ringside and whatever and like if it's a kid or something like I don't want intimate to be taken the wrong way, but it can be very like personal in a way where like you make one sort of gesture to a kid. And that may be the thing that he remembers from now until the time he's 18 years old and signs up for wrestling school. Like, you don't, you know, you don't know. So that's an emotional connection, Bobby. Yeah. Like, uh, what, you know, on the business end of it, that sells tickets, mm. but on on the professional and wrestling wise that continue lifelong fan that's the kind of yeah. you know what i mean that's the kind of shit yeah. that next time your name comes up on the marquee that kid's going to get excited or that kid yeah. turns into a teenager and that teenager's like oh let's you know let's go watch a yeah. body fish match you know what i mean yeah. like he's going to go out yes, there and sir. tear it up yes sir yes sir that's the good stuff that is the good stuff for sure frank you're a fly on the wall I'm um, enjoying this conversation. They're just bro. listening. They're, they're, they're peepers, bro. They're I man. love they're this like stuff. Them. They're, um... and they're like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> I love two guys talking about the craft. You know, it's not I think high flying, high spots. That's the good stuff. <laughs> some people might call you a cuckold. They might. They might. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> I think I know what it is. It's not good. Anyway, so Frank, where uh, where would you like to? Uh, where would you like? Let's to start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start where we should start, start a good story. Beginning of the podcast. Yeah, we're gonna just start over. We just. <laughs> at least you're recording right. this time. Start at the beginning. Yeah, All right. So I guess Trevor. <clears throat> because I'm sure you've given this, uh, you've told this story probably numerous times. Then don't, then don't, don't, don't skip over it then. No, I mean, we can, we can start, but we'll just, we'll do the condensed version and then yeah. we'll move on to, I just want to, you know, Frank, cause I know you're the, you know, you're the guy. I'm just flying the walls as the two professionals. Yeah, you keep us, you keep this thing on, on track. If not, That's scary. Legit. Yeah. Because Trevor, I don't know if they told you, but like I, uh, full blown, alcoholic we've just accepted it i'm just drunk 24 7. bro like I've if, been if drunk that all makes day. you happy if that's what makes you happy you do you bro who so, am i to judge yeah you know so i mean i ain't trying to tell the world you yeah. don't get me wrong you know i ain't trying to tell the world but, you <laughs> know my head surrendered my <laughs> surrendered we all my got our, we all got our vices, you know what i'm saying like there's a reason why i got a pop belly you know <laughs> evening evening munchies you know <laughs> So how did it start for a young Trevor Murdoch? How does, what was the, uh, what was the impetus? What was the wrestling you grew up on? Oh uh, yeah. Cause you're using big words like that. And I think impetus is a totally different scenario. Yeah. Um, you can't get it up for your old lady. Yeah. Well, that's not the problem. The old lady wanted to get it. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> no, man, I, I watched uh, world-class wrestling. I, I'm a Von okay. guy. Oh, nice. Sundays. Yeah, Iceman King Parson. We had Chavo on here. We yes. had Chavo on, and Chavo does a lot of work. Um, anyway, we got the skinny. Um, that Von Erich movie, uh, I don't, you knew that there was one in production, right? Yes. It's A couple uh, of our guys are on that. 
Oh, okay. Chavo, this thing's gonna be a classic. Good. I really hope so. Like yeah. you know, I know you can't tell everything, but tell the story of what it was, not just what it ended up. You know what right. I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I everybody focuses it. so much on the ending of the story when yeah. they miss out on the ride that we all went on, you know, yes, sir. to get there. Yes, sir. Agreed. Agreed. And, and the sportatorium, that's what that's what drew me into pro wrestling, you know, watching yeah. all those people go nuts for, you know, like, dude, those girls would like pull at Devon Aaron's hair and their yeah. jackets. And I'm a young kid <laughs> in my underwear eating a bowl of cereal on Sunday morning <laughs> in St. Louis. God, this is the coolest shit ever. Look at this guy. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, my God, you know. You have Iceman King Parsons coming out and dancing. Yep. You have Gentleman's Chris Adams, who's you yes. know, the British gentleman. Um all these different characters and how they were able to control an emotional roller coaster because my yeah. parents would have to yell at me to calm down and then they would have to come check on me because they didn't hear nothing because right. I was so, I would be so enthralled and like, Oh my God, what's going on? Oh my God. They, they didn't just yeah. beat up Kevin. Oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? And then, yeah. you know, Carrie comes out running and I'm, ah, you know, <laughs> calm down with that. You know, yeah. it took me on an emotional roller coaster. And for me as a kid, at the time, I ended up growing up in foster homes and had some real bad family situations. Sure. And I kind of got lost in the world of pro wrestling. Every foster home I would go to, it didn't matter. There was some sort of wrestling on right. TV. Right. And I could get lost in that and kind of forget about what was going on the outside. There's just... something beautiful about that, Trevor. There's something beautiful about the fact that that was kind of the origins. And then all these years later, like you make a career out of it. Like you put food on your table with that. That's amazing. Well, and it's, I just wanted to feel that ride, bro. Like I wanted to, I wanted to make people feel special, but then at the right time, make them feel vulnerable. And I wanted Mm -hmm. at the end of it, you know, back in those days, at the end of it, they never finished, you know, it was always television time limit, you know, and yeah, yeah. the match is still going on and you're going nuts and then they catch yeah. the next week, and ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we'll catch you. Yeah. And I am right there yeah. in front of the TV that next week. Cliffhanger, cliffhanger yeah. TV at its textbook finest. Easiest. It's not, it's the wheel, bro. Like they've done it yeah. for us so many times. It, yeah. I, I could go into a whole podcast about that too, but um, it just... I really wanted to be a part of it and I loved it, but you know, as well as I do, as you get older there, especially back then, there weren't a lot of schools. There weren't, no, you you couldn't go on the internet and go, all right, well, I'm going to go to Ohio and there's three schools in Ohio. Yeah. Um, So I ended up hooking up my, as I got older, I went to job Corps, became a certified welder. My brother, um, I I have a half brother. He was a big wrestling fan and he actually ended up hooking up with a guy that was an independent wrestler in St. Louis. And he was one of those. Trevor? Huh? You're a certified welder? Oh, yeah, baby. I, That's a hell I of a thing to have to fall back built on. The arch. What's that? Like, I was making bank. Like, if old Trevor was talking to young Trevor, he'd have been continued to get that $25 an hour union, would have already been retired by now, working <laughs> on a second job, financially, right. you know, right. completely financially stable <laughs> yes. and secure. But uh, instead, I wanted to put spandex on and wrestle other dudes in my underwear. Right, right. With emotional right. fucking connection. Right. I wanted to pretend. 
<laughs> to fight. I wanted to pretend to fight yes. other men basically in my underwear. Yes. Um, so my brother, <laughs> yeah. uh, I got, he was trained by a guy who was trained by a guy. Um, and there was this country uh, company called Central States Wrestling Alliance. Yes, and sir. I would go and do security for them. The problem was I was taller and bigger than most of their wrestlers. <laughs> so I literally have pictures of me walking wrestlers out. And I'm this much taller than, than yeah. the actual wrestlers yeah. themselves. But before and after the shows, the guys would do the bumps. They would do all their big moves on me. I was a test dummy. And um, about doing I did that for like four months of security. And one night, you know, a wrestler didn't show up. Promoters freaking out. Look, I got to have somebody. He looks yeah. right at me and goes, uh, you've been trained. You're wrestling tonight. Uh, okay. Want to get you beat up, you know. Yeah. And uh, put on a hood, went out and wrestled with my brother. It was the shit. It was horrible. And I became sure. a quote-unquote wrestler for about the next two years. I was living the dream, wrestling, you know, once every two months. That was the yeah. biggest highlight of yeah. my life. Yeah. But I went to go do a show in Arkansas for Bill Ash. And um, the the show didn't make as much money as he had planned on. And I had driven eight hours to get there. And my payday was like $6.33. That was my cut. <laughs> I'd spent all my money to get there. And I'm like, how do I get home on $6.33? Right. <laughs> I can't even get a cup of coffee with that. Yeah. I'm Starbucks. I, I mean, Starbucks I makes it all. I made it home on the pennies in my truck because I used to throw all my change in, in, in a big old coffee can. Made it home. About two months later, I got a call from Bill apologizing and saying, you know, hey, listen, I'm going to give you, give you an opportunity. Harley Race is starting this company called World Legion Wrestling. I'm going to get you on for an opportunity. You know what I mean? Just because I'm not promising nothing, but, you, you know, I'll get you booked on this. So I uh, went to Springfield, and uh, I met Harley for the first time in a Super 8 motel while he was downstairs <laughs> in the lobby. Gordon Soley on one side, Fifth of Vodka and Harley, and they're oh my God. Table, putting together the card for the next night. And, wow. Uh, wow. They had all wow. those young guys lined up, and they were literally picking out jobbers, basically, to fill yeah. in the TV spots. And uh, yeah. Harley's looking up and down, and he looks at me, and he goes, do you have a license? <laughs> and uh, That's a yes, great sir. Harley, by the That's way. Great. I got a story. I like, we pause. I got a Harley Trevor's story. got a great Harley. <laughs> Maybe um, the best. And uh, I said, yes, sir. And he goes, you're going to be wrestling Greg the Hammer Valentine tomorrow night. <laughs> That's Harley. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I closed my yes, eyes. Sir. It's Harley. <laughs> and uh, so the next night, we're putting the show, the match together. And Greg was being very gracious, going to let me get a drop kick. He wasn't going to bump for I was just so excited, you know. And, uh -huh. and uh, we get the match together. And we go right up to the curtain. And Harley's in the gorilla position. And Greg and I are going over the match, and we're done. And Harley looks over, pulls his headphones back, and he goes, Valentine, the kid doesn't get shit. <laughs> and Greg looks at me and goes, you heard him. I go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I proceeded to get Thank my you, ass sir, may I have another six minutes. Just <laughs> forearms across the chest. I mean, just yeah. pummeled me. You know, young yeah. guy, I loved every minute of it you know what i mean right. i was stoked uh right came back a couple weeks later to get a another job or spot you know just whatever uh wrestled my brother in a dark match and then after that harley's like hey listen i'm opening up a wrestling school 
would you like to be one of the first guys a part of it? And I was like, hell yeah, I would. Yeah. And um, I was living in St. Louis, making working for JS Alberici Welding, make $25 an hour. And the referee that, that my brother and I brought into business actually moved down there immediately to help Harley get the school opened and started. Yeah. And uh, I said, you get me a job and a place to live, man, and I'll be down there. And three weeks later, I got a call. He said he had a job and a place to live for me. I went from making $25 an hour. Now, we're talking, this is 1999, boys. $25 yeah. an hour. We're, that's bank. Yeah. Living with <clears throat> living with my mother, who I just rekindled a relationship with after like eight or nine years in, in the, like the, the full, I had a full, whole floor in her house. So mm-hmm. I was living, you know, basically by myself. I traded all that in to make four seventy-five an hour doing landscaping to live in a in a two-bedroom house with six people and sleep on the living room floor so I could bump <laughs> in a boxing ring because we hadn't bought a wrestling ring yet. <laughs> right, all right. Just yeah. so I could trade for Harley Race, and for the yeah. first three months, I puked every single <sighs> day because he would push and push and push, and we'd have other students come in there. And they would just, they'd die out. You know, they, they, they waited these two days. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, the first yeah. day was hard. But the second day, they'd usually quit halfway in. But I would I would get sick, go out, take the water bucket, throw it on the computer, and then run back in and catch up on my calisthenics. Yeah. And, and Harley just, he loved that shit. It wasn't, you know, of course I may be did. behind, but I never right. gave up. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And just like after a while, my body got used to the, the trauma and the, the training and I stopped sure. getting sick and you know, we're off to the races. Yeah. Well, it's amazing what the human body will, will do if you will it to do it. Yeah. Um, and you know, Harley being the, the guy that he was, and that is definitely like this, this bygone era, but talk about the way that, you know, you earned his respect by, not being perfect or not being great, but being like double tough and not like, it's not that you didn't throw up. You did, but it's that you came back. His, well, his biggest, like when he would look at guys, cause we would, we would see guys come into that school and look over at Harley and be like, he ain't going to make it. He'd be like, mm-hmm. just wait. He was a really great judge of character when it came to guys with heart. He right. always believed, like, if the guy's got a heart and he's got some, some sort of, he got balls. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that, that yeah. gumption. He could, he could work with that. He could mold that. He could make that yeah. into something. But when yep. you've got a guy who's, as soon as it gets hard and he starts making excuses of, yeah. oh, man, my old hip injury or, right. or like, right. you know, man, I'm just not feeling it today and, you know, he'd look at you and go, there's going to be days, son, that you're going to have to go out there and wrestle. That you're, you're going to be sick. You're going to be yeah. dog. You're going to be shitting yourself right before you go out. But you're going to have yeah. to go out there and perform, young man. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to bitch and whine about this, well, you certainly yeah. aren't going to make it. And he certainly didn't want to have his stamp on your back. No. Because you know how guys are. They come in for a couple weeks and, yeah. and then they, oh, I was trained by Harley Race. Yeah. I would love to meet those guys like six months down the road somewhere else. Oh, tra- really? Where, yeah. Where, how, how long were you there? Oh, well, yeah. you know, I was, I had to bounce in. And I, okay. All right. I, I, know, <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a badge I, of honor. It sure as shit is. Shit. It sure as shit is. I mean, you talk about, 
Um, so I heard uh, Ric Flair recently on <coughs> Joe Rogan, and uh, Rogan's not really a wrestling guy, but he, you know, to hear um, Rogan, who's kind of more uh, outside the wrestling um, box, uh, hear these stories and the reverence with which uh, Flair, you know, and love him or hate him, like I'm not here to debate that, but the reverence with which he told stories about Harley um, really, you know, took me back. Um, it, it just, it was, uh, because you know that that, um, caste system, so to speak, was in place on Rick's come up and Harley's come up and all like, so that like understudy role, even if it, it just the, the, the place in the pecking order, like Rick will never not have that respect for Harley. You know, and like Harley was like the badass. The legit, like toughest Mm. motherfucker in the business. Yes. And And Rick said himself, like, oh, that's not me. That's not who I was. But that guy, the real fucking McCoy. Well, and there's, you know, like Rick knew that Harley was passing that torch. And he knew that he didn't have to. And if he didn't want to. Right. It wasn't going to happen. I mean, right. I, I, I bring this up, and I'm not burying Flair either, but when Flair was champ, you heard the stories about them sending over Harley with Flair on a certain match. Yes. It, because Rick. they were concerned that <laughs> yeah. they were going to shoot on Flair yeah. to take the title. They So, yep. in my opinion, who was the real motherfucking champ? The yeah. guy yeah. holding the belt yeah. or the guy going defending the guy who's holding sure the belt. well i will say this in flair's defense on that show with rogan where if he did want to keep that to the side he could have he didn't he he told that actual story i don't remember who it was maybe it was anoki he was going over to defend i think, I think so Inoki, yeah and they sent harley with him and joe you know not knowing was like well why would they send harley with you and rick <laughs> like because uh basically nobody's pulling some fashion on him like that with one it. look, just him right. being present, yeah, scared those guys. You know yeah. what I mean, and and made them respect the situation. Yeah. So, um, I mean, really, it makes me wonder what did it actually look like for Harley to beat someone up in his in his youth in his day that he had people on such notice. <laughs> like, well, we're talking about a guy who would go into a pool hall after a show. Yeah. And you know the gimmick is, like, you go in and guys are playing, there's usually quarters on the table for the next person who wants to play. And and the respectful yep. thing is you put your quarters up, you're the next guy. And yep. if you're behind that, you put your quarters behind that guy. Well, mm-hmm. Harley didn't have time to wait, so he'd walk in and he'd put his quarters in front of everybody else. <laughs> Rick told like, that story on Rogan, too. <laughs> what kind of balls? I mean, I don't, you could be a tough guy, but to walk in and look at everybody and just go, yeah, yeah I'm next. And yeah. I would ask Harley about that. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you know, it was 50-50. Sometimes you win, sometimes they lose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's that's just yeah. who he was. We're talking about you know, at fifteen years. Old, he knocked his he knocked his principal out in eighth grade. Yeah, he punched his principal out in eighth grade, knocked him out. Like yeah. it's it's just a breed of individual. That, just a different, like, yeah, different yeah, breed. man. Like that mold 
will never mm-hmm. be replicated. It was broken no. with him. Yeah. Um, there are stories that we could tell on this, but there are stories we couldn't tell because there are things that he could do in that time frame, that time of, of that era of the world, that if he would have done them now, he would have been chastised social media. He'd be in jail. He would, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. he protected, he was doing it in protection of our business, of our mm-hmm. livelihood, of our, yeah. the way we feed our children and take care of ourselves. Right. That was, you know, that was a time period where if people didn't believe you weren't, they weren't buying tickets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was the, the sport of pro wrestling, whereas now yeah. we're living in the entertainment world of pro wrestling. Sure. Sure. We are. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I don't know. Uh, it, you know, it, <clears throat> wrestling, like everything else, it has to evolve or, or yeah. else it dies and the evolution and where it is now. Like I see, uh, you know, for sure, like we're living in their world, you know, and like we're not gonna um, we're not gonna take it back to to what it once was. But I, I think there's a place for everybody, um, and that's where I feel like the uh, the, uh, the buffet, you know, there's yep. there's truly a, a buffet of pro wrestling at this point. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, nothing. Nothing beats um, long-term storytelling, in my opinion. You no, you are one hundred percent single thing. You know, that, no move, no flaming. You know, building, no anything. No, <laughs> it just there's nothing. You know, no. The uh, emotional connection of storytelling is the basis yeah. of pro wrestling. That's right. That cannot be, in my opinion, like denied. Um, right now, and and you're right. Bobby, like nowadays, a fan, if he doesn't like WWE, he can go to AEW. If you don't like AEW, he can flip on AAA. If you don't like AAA, he can flip to New Japan. If you don't like New Japan, he can trip NWA. If you don't like NWA, right. go to Impact. Like right. there's a slice of pie for everybody. Yeah. As, as a wrestler, I think nowadays we have to kind of now find our lane. Yeah. Whereas um, before, we were hoping to get whatever opportunity we could get and we would make the best of that. Where as now there's so many different types of companies. I personally think you need to find the company that fits you and go that direct. You know what I mean? That's yeah, that's I where do. guys I think that's where guys have got to go. Um yeah. for me, it's NWA. It's the old school smash mouth style of, of pro wrestling sure. that I fit into. Now mm-hmm. you pull me out and the way I wrestle and plop me right in the middle of a match in AEW, I'm there's I'm gonna look to a certain extent, out of place. Mm-hmm. I know that, and mm-hmm. I'm completely okay with it. That's not who I am and what I want to be. Yeah, But that's years of experience figuring out who I am. You know right. what I mean? You have figured out who you are, and, and it right. took years to get to that. Young wrestlers need to figure time. out who they are and go that route. A hundred percent. I can't agree more. Um, I'm only going to bring up this person because I watched an interview with him today. Uh, Will Ospreay, um, Chris, uh, what's the interviewer's name? Chris, uh, Van, 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 Van something. Yeah. 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 yeah Valit. I, and and yeah. He, I, I did an interview with him also. It was a great interview. Um, I'm not Will, over enough yet, Bobby. I'm working there. I'm, I'm, he didn't call me yet. I'm not over enough. You know. <laughs> Will you be next now that you've been on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Now you're now you've arrived. Now I'm getting yeah, over, boys. Now, now you're over. Last, 
the last box to be yeah. sold. <laughs> Fuck those 25 years before yeah. this. This is what got it. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I'll say this. It was a, a great interview, but really, I Will, because I met Will years ago when he was first getting in in, in New Japan, started to you know push him right away and rightfully so and blah 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 like um you know i just i saw him as a young guy and then all these years later um i actually worked him for progress last month or the month before and much like such a pleasant um outcome to see the way that will and and who am i to even judge this but like the way that will has rounded out as a performer you know he he is not a one trick pony he's added um layers of of believability to what he does he sells great um he there's a little bit more smash mouth to him now than there was before he um uh, I just, man, I, I can't say enough. I was just so very impressed working him. And then to see the interview that I watched today, um, his outlook on things and uh, just kind of this humble nature really came through. And I don't know. I mean, I, I probably couldn't blow him any more than I already have right now. Well, but, no, um, he just, it was, it was, it was nice to see, man. It was really nice to see. And kudos he is to him. proof that if you let guys go out and hit some territories and let them go out and hit, get some experience in different, you know, different venues, yeah. different places, different times. Um, and if a guy really wants it, he'll continue to push to grow and grow and grow. Yeah. Um, but just that experience and age that yeah. comes with just life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of missing a little bit in pro wrestling. It we some of our young talent haven't had time to actually. Uh, really find out who they are and really find out what works for them. And the only way you're going to learn that is through failure. You know what I mean? And in certain companies, you're not allowed to fail. You're not allowed to quote unquote fuck up. Like, you know what I mean? Just see what works. And if it doesn't stick, not get punished for it. Yeah. Um, It's hard to grow like that. So, yeah, I think it's good for guys to go out and hit different companies and different territories and grow and get and have a little bit of age and, and some maturity yeah. about him. And that's what, what's happened with Will. Like he was a hell of a performer, but now always. he always, always, yeah. but now he's a seasoned pro wrestler. You seasoned. know what I mean? Exactly. That's what and I he, saw more than anything was the seasoning, which was refreshing to see um, because, you know, yeah, just refreshing to see like, man, this guy's got the, wrestling world by the balls um but even though he's aware of it and why shouldn't he be um he's not he he he's humble about it and uh and he's freaking just good he's just which makes me hate him even more like he's right? really good he's and he's good. fucking nice <laughs> yeah. and he's humble and yeah like you want to say something bad like fuck that yeah. dude but Fuck him <laughs> and his accent. Man, right, like, but thumbs up, man. Like, is that even real? Like that. <laughs> right, yeah, like, no, because yeah. you know the horse shit you see in pro wrestling. But yeah. no, good for him. Like, and, and we need more guys like that in this business that we sure don't do. let you know, don't let egos get to them, because those are the yeah. guys that's going to pass it on to the next generation. Yeah, you know what and I mean. And they are, 
and they and they are you know and and will you know hopefully makes as much money doing this as he can um you know uh and then yeah it'll be passed on to the to the next generation of uh uh pretend fighters in their underpants (laughs) (laughs) you hope so my yeah. kid's talking to me about getting in the business. I'm trying to stiff oh, on him. No. Oh no. He only sees the glitz and glamour. He don't re- yeah. he don't remember when, when daddy was struggling, you know, doing the yeah. hot dollar handshake show. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got a ten year old here at home and she's uh she just started jujitsu a few months ago and she loves it. So Good. Uh, you know, I and she's the one that I'm usually watching wrestling with. So I oh yeah, you're fucked. No, I don't, <laughs> no, you're fucked. <laughs> but yeah, yep. we'll see what happens. Real Ripley, real Ripley. I love real uh, Ripley. Oh. <laughs> you know who she loves is Bianca. Oh, and what was really cool, what hooked her? I mean, she'll never not be a Bianca fan. When I was working in NXT, Bianca sent her. A couple of different times, like a birthday video or a video oh, right. this or something, and that was like you know. And then that's what we talked about before. Like you make a moment for a kid by having that interaction with them, and and it, it could be the hook that gets them for life. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. That's powerful stuff, especially well, considering. Well, know, and you could be wrestling that kid in six, seven years now. You know what I mean? Like now, you see these pictures of all these guys taking pictures of fans. And then the next picture is like 15 years later, they're in the ring with yeah. them. And you're like, holy yeah. shit. Like you can tell you really <laughs> yeah. touch that person, you know? Yeah. 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 I'll, I say, uh, so Trevor, one of the things I always thought is that you would be gone. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. My phone rang. I had to, had to fuck off buddy. Yeah. Tell him to <laughs> beat it. Beat it. It was, it was Billy, Billy uh, Corgan. No. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get to that, that next, but let me spit this out of my stupid head before, or stupid mouth before my stupid head forgets it. Um, One of the things I always thought with you, Trevor, was that you were like, just such a natural, like you were naturally, and was that the case from the beginning? I always felt like, okay, Trevor's almost like a, like a Barry Windham. Like, I feel like you were, you know, born for, for wrestling. Um, I don't, I, I, I feel comfortable when I'm in the ring. Um, believe it or not, being a fat guy, I feel even more comfortable in my, my, you know, my trunks and my, my, my knee pads and boots. Um, I just kind of let it go when I'm out there. I, I, um, my, the people, you know, there's always those people that hold the curtains before you go out, you know what I mean? All right, ready to go. And they, and that's they, they get freaked out because I kind of lose myself and I, I get into this moment of I'm not I'm not Trevor Murdoch the the dad husband father right I'm I'm the fucking pro wrestler and it just I don't yeah. know it I just feel comfortable in there where you know as well as I do if you're nervous about what you're doing in there if you're nervous about what mm. people are thinking of you in there yeah you it, it, it you instantly see it you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And I've yeah, never really I, had that problem. I've, it's right. always been a, I don't know, fuck you guys. You bought a ticket to watch me. I'm going to show you something. So it's, I, I don't yeah. know. I just, I feel comfortable when I'm in there. And it, yeah. I don't know. It's, a lot of that too is repetition from what was like with yeah. Harley. Uh, I want to go yeah. back to that real quick. He that would have sense. us do things a hundred times over and over and over and over again. 
right. and I and I would get aggravated. I'd be like, "Why are you making me do this so much?" And he's like, "Trevor, this has to be secondhand for you. This has to be walking for yes. you. This has to be yeah. like putting on your shoes." Because if you're thinking about where your feet are placed or where you're at in the ring, you're not thinking about breathing. You know what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. thinking about what's what you what's where you're at in the story. Mm-hmm. His whole philosophy was to get you um, in such almost like a robotic uh, a robotic scenario where you you just did it naturally. It just came yeah, like ride the bike. And, yeah, memory. and so yeah. it gave my brain that time to think about where I was at in the story or listening to mm-hmm. the people. I wasn't focusing on the mechanics of things. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I, 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 I attribute that to just re- repetition. Yeah. I think that's one of the um, pieces of uh, that makes this art that is kind of lost in today. Uh, but also even on like my generation, our generation coming up, there just weren't a lot of people able to teach that. And then, you know, when it, it wasn't learned and then like less and less of it gets passed on. And I, I find myself now, now that I'm working more independently and not doing, you know, TV wrestling as much, um, I'm, I'm enjoying like n- not calling a lot, you know, like letting it fly. And then Let just the magic happen, being right? in the moment, right? Because there is a certain muscle memory that i have after all this time and rightfully so i mean if i didn't there'd be more of a problem um (laughs) but like if i just naturally let it go i'm gonna what comes out is is going to be at least good you know um and it's just a, a hell of a one a funner place to be but two a better place to be because if you're in that moment, you're not worried about like, oh shit, we just missed that last spot. So what's the next one? Cause I can't really remember it. Like that's no way to go to work. You right. know, that sucks. Well, that and sucks. working for those doing TV for those companies, they put you in that box and you're in yeah. that box for so long. You start thinking like that because you're on TV and that's how you wrestle it. Yeah. That's you how you're forget. getting your paycheck. Right. But you, you tend to forget what that long-term storytelling does for you and what kind of reactions you need to get from the crowd. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's, yeah. I mean, when you do TV, you are very, I don't care what company, you, you, you to a certain extent, you're tied because you're tied to time. You're yes. tied to the, the match coming up behind you and in front of right. you. There's right. a lot of restrictions, but you're able to get that, I guess, that house show or that freedom of, hey, listen, go out there and do what you do. You forget, like, Wow, like I remember how much fun this was yeah, and how yeah. creative I can be and yeah. what one look can do at the right time. Right. And you know what I mean? It's it's almost yep. like you rediscover the business again. Yep. And that seasoning, I'll say this, that seasoning, I don't know why or how exactly, but that's what prepares you to then go out and do good TV wrestling. Yep. Doing TV wrestling almost inhibits your ability to do good TV wrestling because you get so used to that paint by numbers. Um, and it, it just, it can't, it takes away some of the emotion and the visceral, um, you know, there's a vibe to things and you can feel it in a room. It's, it's why I think sometimes people leave money on the table when there is some animosity as long as people can stay professional, you know, 
animosity is good. This is we're telling the story of conflict. There is supposed to be some contention, not, you know, I'm we're not doing the the salsa. You know, it's it this is a fight. And I we talked with Chavo about this too on the podcast, just because the guys, you know, Eddie Guerrero's and the um, you know, you're not supposed to say his name, but Chris Benoit's and and uh help me out with my job with WWE. I'll say you know, the guys that they did it in a they did this business in a way that was a hundred miles an hour and, and Chavo said it. He said we warmed up like we were going out there to fight. And man, that's why I got into wrestling. Like I wanted to, you know, I came from an athletic background and I wanted to continue to be an athlete. You know, I didn't yep. want to dance. Right. Well, <laughs> that's where the most money is now. <laughs> right. right. But I think that there is too, like, especially nowadays. Some of the dance stuff is cool, but just, you know, we, have it. We used have to have some psychology, wrestling. you know? Well, our wrestling shows used to have variety. You used to be able yeah. to watch a match that had storytelling and then a match that had, you know, a little bit more of a high spot match and a tag team match. And, like the whole show yeah. was a variety of different styles. A variety like show. It, Yep. Yeah, you could wait for the next yeah. match and you'd see something different. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, wrestlers tend, they don't stand out. Right. It's hard, really ultimately stand out in their own lane. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, t- t- tell me this. You, you take superstar Billy Graham, God rest his soul. You take Dusty Rhodes, God rest his soul. Both icons of this industry and put them together and then tell someone they're the same thing. That's the beauty of it. They're the yep. same thing. They are, but they're so not. And then what they make you feel different. They can, you know yes. what I mean? It's the emotional yep. connection that they yep. can bring to you, the good yep. side and the bad side. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's that's the whole basis of pro wrestling. Good guy versus bad guy. And yeah, sometimes those lines, we got two bad guys against two bad, you know what I mean? Bad guy against bad. It just yeah, there needs to be clear, definitive lines on who the good guy who the good guys and who the bad guy is. And I think back yeah. then, you know, they made that very clear. Very clear. And that's one of the things I'll say. Um, so lately doing seminars and stuff, one of the things I get asked a lot of times from people is like, well, you know, there'll be like these little nuanced gimmick questions, like questions about their gimmick. And should I do this or should I do that? And, you know, it's, it's, they're really hard to answer sometimes. And generally the thing I come back to is pro wrestling is a morality play and it's good versus evil. And it's, you know, it, it's easiest to digest when it's clearly defined. So the minute you come through that curtain, those fans in that building, whether it's 10 people or 10,000 people, the faster that they can identify who you are, from a gimmick standpoint, good guy, bad guy, whatever it is, the faster they can identify that, the better it is for you and the easier your job will be as this plays out. Way so easier. Way try easier. to find that. Try to find that. You know, I can't tell you what it is. I don't know what it is. That might be you dressed as a clown. It might be you dressed as an astronaut. I don't know. Frank would probably be the astronaut because he likes space and, you know, whatever. 
you know. <laughs> but it just, uh, I, I think that that's one of the things that kind of gets lost sometimes uh, because so much of this industry has uh, just kind of splintered into all different directions. Well, and that's hopefully as I bring this story back to the NWA, that's something that like we're trying to do in the NWA, man, is, is basically tell, go back to the basics of telling the simple story of good guy versus bad guy. This guy wants to beat the shit out of this guy, and this guy wants to beat the shit out of this guy. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why I like being in the NWA, because it breaks it down to its basic form. So Old where's that? Person. Where is that coming from, Trevor? Is it coming from the top? And is the top, you know, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to get yourself in any hot water here. No, man. I is, it, is it Billy Corgan? Does he understand it in that way? Or is he allowing some um, artistic license from guys like yourself and other guys to, to kind of um, help him understand what that process is or is he does he know like yep this is good wrestling i'm about to get you excited here bobby because i'm All about right. to tell you some wrestling excitement here <laughs> billy right. what billy's an old school pro wrestling guy okay, and he understands awesome. the value in having two men laying it in there no daylight going right. after it, good guy versus bad guy Hell yeah. but also in the same sense he understands that he's not a wrestler and that he doesn't do the wrestling. So whereas you and I have worked for other companies and they've said, all right, this is who you are. All right. And this is how we, you know, we're thinking you're going to act and don't do this, do this, don't do that. Um, I've never had that from Billy. Actually, my okay. first conversation with him into the NWA, I had the, the talk that you and I've had with every promoter. So, so what do you, you know, he brought me in. What are you looking for? Like what? What, what lane do you need me to be in? And he goes, Trevor, I just, I just need you to be you. And I was, what do you, I don't understand that. Like what, <laughs> what kind of wrestler do you want me to be? He goes, yeah. I want you to just be you just go out and wrestle. Like yeah. be whoever you are, just be the fucking best at it. I'm yeah. not going to tell you how you should. I can't, I can't tell you how to wrestle because only you know how you wrestle and get over. Right. And I was taken back for a second, almost like a little bit nervous because I didn't know you're always put in these parameters and these boxes when it comes to TV. And I almost like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah, no one's telling yeah. me what to do. And I was working Ricky Starks um, that first match. And I went in there and I was like, Ricky, you're the new hot shot. Let's just, why fight all that shit? I'm the old school veteran. Let's just play that. We went out and told that story. He beat me. At the end of it, I went up to him. I shook his hand. I was like, it just wasn't my night, bro. Good job. You know what yeah. I mean? And I walked off. And Billy come in the back. He's like, that was fucking great. Like, that was that's what wrestling should be. It should be real. There's going to be times you're not going to win. Why right. do you have to be fucking mad about it and try to, like, yeah. start something? You're not going to run an angle with him. But you can at least acknowledge the fact that the young man beat you. And you can right. tell that little story. Okay, he was just better man tonight. Yeah. He he never tells me you got to do this. Yeah. Says, Trevor, we're trying to tell this story. Please go tell it. And I'm like, That's okay, awesome. all right, all right. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Okay, all right. I'm feeling that. But what if we tried this? All right. Like there is no 
yeah, there's no no. There's this yeah. is what I'm thinking. All right, right well, it, it's that melding of minds, okay? He gives us the respect as wrestlers and as veterans that we've been doing this for a long time and we know what right. we're doing. That's why he's hired us. Sure. But we also give him the respect and in, in the fact that, yes, you're the boss, you're paying the bills, but you are a creative genius. You have yeah. been able to take the Smashing Pumpkins and, and be a multi-platinum. <laughs> got a little bit of a resume. Man's yeah. got a little bit of a resume. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the respect that, that you have ideas too and know what you want and what picture you want to paint. Yes, I'm your, I'm your paint. I'm your artist. Tell me what you're looking for and we'll get there yeah. and meet in the middle. And man, it's made me feel so valued. It's made me um, feel more creative. Uh, oh, that's about awesome, man. That's seven, eight months hear. after that, I had a match with Tom Latimer. You know who Tom Latimer is? You know Tom Latimer. Uh, um, wrestling no. impact if you've seen him you know who i'm talking about yeah um i know I latimer a, from the program right no <laughs> they're just as jeff <laughs> that's how i think of this one's british ours is british okay um, okay i had a i, I had a, a, just an example um we were booked together to have a match and i was going over and mm-hmm. i thought man like I've already wrestled Tom once and beat him. What can I do differently in this one? He's a a, a, a beautiful, like the dude's a specimen. Physically, he okay. looks great. He, he's a hell of a wrestler, can talk, has all the tools, um, okay. could be a world champion in my opinion. I came up with the idea, I was like, what if I win but not got one offensive move? Like not one punch, not one kick, right. not, not even a swing, not an eye poke. But at the very end, I barely, I don't know where, catch him with the one, two, three. Yeah. And that's it. And I went to this and I had this image of how the people would react and how Tom would react. And I went to Billy with it. And at first he was very timid. He's like, so you're not, you're not doing nothing for like mm-hmm. five minutes. I go, I'm going to step my foot, my second foot into the ring. And Tom is going to kick my ass for five fucking minutes. Right. And he was like, are you sure? I was like, I know I can get this over. I know I can get the reaction Tom needs and I know what I can do. He was okay. Yeah. And we went out there and Tom kicked my ass for five fucking minutes, shot me in the corner, came in for a line. I ducked, moved out of the way, rolled up, pulled the tights. Yeah. One, two, three. Place went nuts. I fell to the floor. Camera pans up to me. I'm going, did I, did I just win? Did I just pull this off? And Tom is throwing the biggest fit in the ring. Yeah. And the emotional connection we had from the people was on all points there. Yeah. And most wrestlers, you know, we have egos and sure. guys wouldn't wouldn't be selfish like that but i knew me just beating tom again wasn't going to do anything for him and i so we had to do something right. different for it to stand out right and billy different. trusted me to tell that story different i couldn't yeah. have done that i couldn't do that yeah. in you know the other places we're not trying to bury nobody but right i, I wouldn't be able to pull that off and we were yeah. able to continue a little storyline that we had going on yeah, that's the kind of shit I enjoy. Like, all right, man, this is—I think this will work. Let's do this, and he yeah. lets us do it. I, I mean, I love hearing the creative freedom that you know he was—he let you go out there, and you were either gonna like make uh, great music with this, or you're gonna fall flat on your face, and and it's okay for that to be um, the scenario. And obviously, like, can't do that with everybody. Can't do that up and down the card. But no. with someone like yourself that you that he trusted, obviously, to go out there and, and do that, that's, man, that's, 
that's uh that's like perfect that's like yeah that's how you want to go to work that's, that's what we want, you want right? to work like, for. yeah let me fall on my face i, I have no problem failing right. give me the opportunity yeah don't yeah don't just say no nah, i don't think you're the guy yeah you know it's one of the things that i've thought about this for years just being in the pro in pro wrestling like and I don't book a company, and I'm sure there might be, you know, reasons why that I'm not aware of that you don't do this stuff. But like every once in a while, how about how about a fucking countout? How about a DQ? What? Like just so we can reestablish, you know, it was like the analogy that um, Matt Hardy I think used about The Walking Dead, and it was. Um, you know, about like how pro wrestling, you shoot a guy to the ropes and he comes back. Is that like reality? No, not really. But you believe like you buy into it. And as long as you follow the rules, it's all good. It's the same thing with the walking dead. Like they're walking around and you can't kill them. They're already dead. But if you stab them in the head, right? I think that's what it is. Yeah. If you stab them in the head, they'll die. Um, or they'll whatever, perish, go away, whatever it is. And as long as you adhere to the rules, fine. And wrestling fans are kind of that way, too, and rightfully so. Um, but if you betray that, like, you, okay, well, now you kind of start to lose me. So you can't yep. do that. But I think it's just a reinforcing of, like, I think it would be great if, like, a, a referee, you know, counted down and you didn't break and, you know, you got disqualified. Or well, a count-out doesn't get in. The and, right and story. It extends the story into getting more longevity out of the match, which makes more money, draw better. Sure. And I think just to give the referees a little bit more credibility. Yep. They used to have credibility. We, we've walked on them so many times now that they don't have any. And I'm not saying you do it all over the card. It's obviously like anything else. You do it too much, and it's too much of a good yep. thing. But, like – a count out win like why can't that why why couldn't i if i'm a if i'm a real piece of shit heel why couldn't i you know reverse something on the floor and whip a guy into the rails hard as hell and then just roll back in let him get counted out and he sells something holy shit bobby yeah. that would be huh. yeah. <laughs> that would make people believe don't yeah. fuck around and do that. We don't, like, yeah, well, no. we don't want people to, to, to believe <laughs> and get behind what we're doing. No. Shit. No. Come on He's now. You're about to fuck it all up for the guys <laughs> making all the money. Yeah, yeah. We should just stop. We should just stop this this tomfoolery. Uh, so obviously you're loving um Love him working for the NWA and uh, the the old school sort of mentality there. So what's going on? Uh, what's upcoming with uh, with the NWA? Like I, um, I I've thought for years that uh, the Crockett Cup is something that is just missing from pro wrestling because tag team wrestling is kind of glossed over TV wrestling. Um, and tag team wrestling is just, it's beautiful. It's, it's just more elements to tell the story with. And I, and I really have, have thought for a long time that a, a Crockett Cup type pay-per-view, that people would, would, would love it. Um, what are your thoughts, Trevor? 
Uh, I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling. They, you know, back in the day, most of the time, those were their main events because they went on for so long and could tell such a story that, you know, the World Heavyweight Champion couldn't compete. Um, the Crockett Cup was always one of those tournaments I grew as I was growing up. Like, I, man, it'd be badass to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just yeah. wishful yes. thinking. Um, then, you know, later on in my career, I get to be a part of NWA and I start thinking, all right, like I could, I could be a part of the Crockett cup. Um, the NWA world title kind of hopped in front of all of that. And I was world champion, which eliminated me from an opportunity there. Um, and then the last year I was going to do it, I ended up, I ended up losing the title and I told him, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I I don't want to be a part of the Crockett cup as an add on because I don't want to just have any old regular partner that right. you're throwing in with me. And then right. I'd rather just not do it. Shift. Yeah. Right. 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 So <clears throat> this year, um, I went when, after I lost the world title, I was like, you know, you know, as well as I do, you know, when you're a world champion, there's a lot of pressure. Um, there's a lot of eyes on you and, and I'm two time and I did it for almost a year. Um, I really wanted to hop into a tag team scenario and kind of, kind of just spread the pressure out a little bit. You know, as well as I do when you're in a tag team, there's more minds, there's more people thinking about it. There's another person (laughs) looking out for you as much as you're looking out for them. If you were to ask Kyle, he would probably tell you that more times than not, when uh, I was on the apron (laughs) tagging with him, um, I probably just turned my brain off. I just let Kyle do everything thinking wise, like just, you know, Kyle was the Kyle was the. And there's guys promoter. that like that's how in my point, you know, in a team you do have to have a little bit of a lead in that. You know what I mean? I had the same thing with Cade. Um, but with my, you know, I, I started tagging with Mikey, and you know, Mike's got a piss, you know, got a chip on his shoulder. He's a little pissed off at the world that he hasn't yeah. quite gotten his due. Sure. And uh, when I when I I called him up and said, "Hey, listen, I wanna I wanna get into a ta- the tag team division." You want to tag with me? He's like, hell yeah. This is Mike and, Knox. Uh, Mike Knox. That's right, yes. brother. Yes. And uh, so I called movie. up Billy and I said, Billy, I want to hop into a tag team with Mike Knox. I said, him and I think quite similar. Uh, I trust him, not to mention he's probably one of the toughest guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, go for it. And man, we've cool. just been running through guys like, Really? Some of these guys don't. Yeah, they don't know where it's coming from because you know. <laughs> That's I'm, awesome. I'm excited. You know what I mean. That's Fire awesome. Up. And you that know as well awesome. as I do that guys, you got if you if you really want to have a successful show in a company, you can't lower yourself to to the other guys. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you right. got to step up. People up. That's right. Yeah. And so that's the mentality of this. Is like, all right, fellas, it's fucking time for you to follow this step motherfucker. Yeah, and and step your game up, right? I mean, people, I welcome it. I welcome it. Yeah, that's where the competition is good. You know, that competition again, it comes back to like we're not out there dancing. This isn't like we're not doing this for a score, we're we're doing this, um, because of what it is. Like, we're trying to to, uh, honor and respect the industry that came before us because we wouldn't have an industry otherwise. Right. I don't know, Trevor. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I'm, I'm signing up uh, Knox and Murdoch versus Red you, Dragon. You, you're going to make, you're going to make a lot of money. Sunshine. Gonna, we, that'd be the bet I'd take too. Yeah. 
because we'll beat the shit out of you too. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, this is a great opportunity for Mike and I to kind of put ourselves out yeah. there to the world as well too. You know what I mean? Like, well, we don't want to, I, I want to represent NWA, right. but I would like to represent NWA and other companies as well sure. too. You know what Hell I mean? Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. I'm, I'm here. Here's the deal. And I've said it in other podcasts. Most likely, guys, when NWA says, Trevor, we love you, but we don't love you in front of the camera no more. Uh-huh. Um, I'm probably going to be done. They're going to put me in the back and I'm going to help with the office and help with the company and stuff. But that's yeah. going to be it for me, fellas, because I really don't feel like I can top anything that I've done right. with the NWA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm an NWA guy. And wherever I go, that's who I'll represent. Um, sure. And and I would love to if we can get other people, you know, some other people's attention to to take this tag team and put it on other shows and let everybody know that we're we want to be major players in the in the world of pro wrestling when it comes to tag teams. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, I think I mean, it, you know, I'll I'll say it for the FTR guys. They've kind of uh, broken out with that model um, and they've taken it on the road and and. Uh, two other companies and obviously like it, it comes down to the promoters and which company and blah, blah, blah. And there's all these politics, but like, I just applaud that effort on their part um, for, uh, for Dax and cash, you know, going out there and, and just doing it kind of that outlaw style. Um, there's something, there's something poetic about that. There's something charming about it. And I, I could see Trevor. You got to respect uh, the shit like out of it. You and that. I both Hell know yeah. how hard it is. Hell yeah, it really is. And and huh, I mean I I, I just it, it kind of gets my gears going. Like, well shit, if that's possible, could uh, you know, and you, you never know. You never know. Well maybe 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 me and old Trevor Murdoch will see Bobby Fish in the ring one day. Hey, you little, never know. Little tag team, you know, little, little kick here, a little kick there. I remember, <laughs> I remember, I forget. I know how lethal they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm doing this little tournament June 3rd and June 4th at the Crockett Cup. You know, I know a guy. You get a partner, you know. Uh, Well, I'm just saying there's opportunities there. June 4th, if if anybody, you know, missed that shit, June 3rd, June 4th, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Crockett Cup. Yeah, you let me know. I need, I okay, so I need a partner. I got to, Kyle's a little laid up at the moment. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of gentlemen that would line up to stand next to you. Guys that can win. Quit pointing fingers. He needs a partner who can win. Come on now. No offense. (laughs) Frank? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't do it with Frank, but I will do it with someone else. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. Maybe your son. Maybe your son. Maybe and, me and, uh... Oh, my boy. No, no, Frank. Well, oh, okay. your boy right. too. Your boy too. Yeah, he's but a big boy. Kid's big. I've only got him by like three inches now. All right. Three. Well, then he's taller than me. We already know that. <laughs> All right, Trevor, what's coming up uh, other than June 3rd, June 4th? Now, that's the Crockett Cup. So, will you be in the Crockett Cup with, with – I will be in the Mike? Crockett Cup. Okay. Yeah, me awesome. Mike, Mike Knox and I, we took four seed. Um, there's some tough teams in this. You know what I mean? Uh, you got Tyrus and Adonis and Chris Masters and 
have tagged up to, to be oh, a team okay. in it. Shit. You've got La Rebellion. There's a lot of beef there. there. There's a lot of beef. The 26 beef tag teams. Um, it's going to hey. be a good night for pro wrestling when it comes, you know, in tag right. teams. And as a fan, you're going to see a lot of different styles of pro wrestling, yeah. which is really good when it comes, you know, tag team wrestling really offers a yeah. different variety. Like I said, we got guys from AAA. We got guys uh, from other companies all over. It's, it's, it turned out to be a really good tournament. I'm looking forward nice. to it. So uh, is the now in that tournament? Yes, I do okay. believe they are. Yes. Those are a couple guys yes. from uh, from way back in my roots on the come up. They were they were guys that uh, I knew. and uh, They're yeah, working so hard to try to, to find their spots in the company. Yeah, yeah. Good, good to see. Good Super nice guys. Good Super nice Yeah, guys. very good guys. Very good guys. Yes. Yep, 100%. What? Well... Then that is the uh, the next closest thing for you. What else you got going on? Anything, uh, anything man? To tell uh, about? I don't want to. You know, there there might be a, a I might be a part of a reality show coming up soon. Oh. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, right. draw out take. too much. Hot well, take. you know, Just leave paper, it there. Let them. Let them. Gotta get a little signature. Waiting for yeah. a little signature. You know, let but uh, them, also. I did. I did do an interview for Dark Side of the Ring for Harley a couple of weeks ago. Oh, oh okay. uh, So next year, there, if things go right, there should be a, an episode for of Dark Side of the Ring and Harley. Wow! Really? I had no yeah. idea. I had no idea. If it was, if it was supposed to be kayfabe, I wasn't told. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Kayfabe is dead, apparently. Bro. Ask it's all coming Meltzer. out one way or another. Ask ask Meltzer. Yeah, no kidding. Other than that, um, I'm also every Thursday I uh, I do a podcast called The Wise Men with Tyrus and Aaron Stevens and EC3 on Fox News Radio every Thursday. Oh, wow. nice. Um I'm doing that. And you know, I'm really lucky in the fact that um I'm on a deal with NWA. Right. They run, you know, we, we do tape shows. So we'll tape five and six shows in one lot, which right. means I go out for two or three days and then I get to come home for, for three, three and a half weeks, mm -hmm. four weeks sometimes. And nice. you know, as well as I do, Bobby having children mm -hmm. and being able to make a good wrestling paycheck and still be able to be kind of on the heartbeat of things is, is really hard to do. Yeah, those things don't always go hand in hand. And brother, I, I've got the perfect set, setup here. I can't. Good for I mean, you, I man. Couldn't, I'm happy. To you know, I'm, that. I'm so happy with the way things are going. And if oh, I can just awesome. not piss off Billy Corgan, I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, don't don't pull in to the parking lot listening to Pearl Jam. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no. Just smashing pumpkins only. Man, I tell you, we got to, um, <clears throat> it was about six, seven weeks ago, uh, Billy starting this uh, vampire, uh, what's, uh, what's the word? The World is a Vampire Tour. Mm -hmm. And he is actually putting on concerts, but having wrestling shows at the concert. So <sighs> what a we're, mad we're, man. In, we're in Mexico. <laughs> what a nut now. job. <laughs> we're in this huge coliseum. There's a, we're, we're partnering with AAA. We have matches outside this Coliseum. So what happens is, like, five or six bands will play. Then we have three or four matches. We have four matches. Then five uh -huh. or six bands would play. And then we'd have four more matches. 
So at these shows, we had twenty-five to thirty thousand people at these shows. That's awesome for wrestling, bro. And then at the end of it, you get to kick back and watch a badass Smashing Pumpkins concert because they're the headliners. That's you're in the back and you're backstage, and it just it makes you feel like all that hard work, all that poor shit you we deal with, it's just it's vindicated. You know what I mean? Because Uh, very cool. That week before that, I was on that same Saturday. I was watching TV, clicking a remote, wanting to find out what I was gonna, how I was gonna be entertained that evening. And then a week yeah. later, I'm in Mexico, twenty five thousand people at a badass, you know, concert wrestling show. That's awesome. Nice. nice. That is awesome. <laughs> well, fellas, I think that's it for me. I got a wife that's, that's giving me the yeah, igloo. It's almost I, dinner time. <laughs> take you it see home. me? I haven't missed a meal. I haven't missed a meal yet. So. <laughs> I appreciate you, you having me all, guys. For real. Uh, thank you very much. Thank appreciate you coming awesome. on, man. This was great to catch up. I really, uh, really, it's it's been so long, Trevor, and you're always a pleasure to speak with, man. You're one of my favorites. Um, I wish you all the luck, continued success in the world. NWA sounds great, man. It sounds like they're doing something right, and that's uh, that's beautiful because what's the expression? High tide raises all ships. So I want to see every company doing well because it's just better for the fans, the boys, everybody. Yep, 100%, man. And I do want to take a minute, Bobby, and say congratulations and thank you, man, because I remember seeing you in those fucking hallways at the Washington Hotel, humping out shows, going, man, I just need, I need my, I just, man, I just need somebody. I just, just just look at me, look at me. And you were persistent. You kept working hard and you got your opportunity and you killed it, man. So Ah, please be proud of what you've done, man. Thank you. And you've got so much more in your future, bro. Yeah. It's, uh, just tell it from the old guy, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't it ain't done yet. Just... From one old guy to another old. Guy. <laughs> That's right, man. So I'm, I'm proud. You believe of you, the internet. I'm a hundred years old. I was born yeah. in 1906. It's just the way we look, bro. That's what it is. It's the way we look. It's called grown ass man look. We look oh. like grown ass men, and they're like, oh, I know. she's so old, mature, responsible. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, he pays his bills. <laughs> oh, I know he doesn't pay all time. I know he doesn't. Yeah. Man, it's been great, guys. I appreciate yes, you having sir. me on. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank great you, sir. Great night, sir. Frank? I love you, Bobby. Take care, buddy. What do you got? Love you, too, Trev. What do you got, Frank? We got new merchandise coming out. BobbyFishApparel.com. Three or four new shirts. Get them now, or they won't be available anymore. Oh, they'll be All available. Right. They're, they're, or they're just going to vanish. There's... Yeah, you just never know. It's just... It's gone. And of course, uh, we are, uh, video version of the podcast is on the Premiere Network. Streaming. Is it streaming? I Premier think it's Premier. streaming, Premier, yeah. Premiere Streaming Network, I think it's called. Yeah, we should probably know that. Yes, we probably should. <laughs> it's the music. It's it's just it's, it's, yeah. I'm I sorry. I'll, I'll get rid I of that. I can't stop moving. It's like there's too much shit going on, and it's yeah. fucking up my brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I will. Uh, I will be uh, Friday, June second, this weekend. I will be wrestling for Crash in Tijuana, Mexico. And then Ooh. I will board a plane for Cincinnati where I will be visiting Tri-State Wrestling and 
beating up the OG Matt Cross. I call him the OG because he he's he's one of the OGs, and I'd like to think of you know maybe maybe my it, it's it's kind of OG versus OG, and uh, this OG is gonna win. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean you're not gonna get any argument out of us. No, of course. <laughs> Of course. So that's what I got going on. And uh, yeah. Nice. Very so good. Frank. Um, got nothing. There you go. That's good. Got All right. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, then, as we always do, say good night, Bobby. Good night, Bobby. Meow.